Thank you for tuning in to Bible Storming Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, our aim is to help you be intentional in how you think about the Bible. It is more than just reading the words. It is about diving deep into the text. So let's study together. Here is your host, Daniel Webster. Hey everybody, Daniel here just dropping in to remind you that this is the third part of a three-part series in which we are dealing with the morality argument for the existence of God. So if you haven't yet, go and check out those first two parts and they'll get you ready for this third part. Now if you have, here's a quick reminder that this argument goes something like this. If God does not exist, then objective moral values and duties are not real. Objective moral values and duties are real, therefore God exists. Now, the first two parts of this series dealt with the first two premises of this argument. And now, this third part is going to deal with a couple deeper things related to the argument. So this is a little bit of a deeper dive. I hope you're ready. Here we go. Without further ado, part three. When you presented your syllogism that if God does not exist, then objective moral values and duties are not real, Objective moral values and duties are real, therefore God exists. You, you mentioned in your lecture that you adapted that syllogism from the syllogism of the American philosopher and apologist William Lane Craig. So in his syllogism, in his version of the, ar- the argument for the existence of God from morality, it's, it, his syllogism, syllogism is slightly different. And I wanted to ask you about this difference. So, and this, this might just be interesting to a few of our audience, but if you're interested in this, maybe this will maybe this will be interesting to you. So his syllogism is, if God does not exist, then objective moral values and duties do not exist. Now you modify that to are not real, and, and you did the same in the second premise. Would you speak for just a moment on why you, why you made that decision? Well, typically things that are said to exist are concrete objects and not relations or or attributes hmm. of those objects. So the person who does the moral or the immoral thing would typically be said to exist, whereas the morality of the thing he did might be said to subsist or to be real, but not to exist as a concrete object. And hmm. so it's certainly real, the morality of his action is real, but is not an existing thing. Now, I haven't talked to Dr. Craig about this or communicated with him, so he probably has his reasons for phrasing it that way. But I, this, this dis- distinction between the existence of a thing and the essence of a thing goes back to the Middle Ages and is a long-running debate. But I think it's helpful to avoid Platonism or to avoid a a tendency toward Platonism to distinguish between things that exist and the things that subsist as properties or relationships of the things that exist. For example, let's, let's think of a married couple, the, each of the, the persons in the marriage exists, the man and his wife, but their marriage as such, we might say subsists. I mean, it's real. They really are married. The marriage is there. Mm-hmm. But you might say that it has a different kind of being 
than the actual people. We're talking about a relationship that they have, a real relationship, but we typically don't use the word existence to talk about that. At least in philosophy, we'd like to be able to distinguish between those two different ways of being. Right. So that, I think, yeah, that's, I think that's just really interesting. I'm glad you, glad you uh, told us that. <laughs> okay. One last thing that I want to, to bring up before I let you go is what is probably the most common response to this from somebody who, who has studied this and is a skeptic or an atheist. And that is what is called the Euthyphro Dilemma. The Euthyphro Dilemma. So this is, this is a 2,400-year-old argument, basically. And, and it goes back to Plato and his Euthyphro Dialogue. And if, just, for, just really quickly, would you kind of introduce what this dilemma is and, and why or how you might respond to it? Well, the Euthyphro Dilemma is an attempt to separate God from discussions of morality, separate God from being the foundation of our moral values and duties by saying that there's a dilemma for someone who asserts that God founds our moral senses, our moral values and duties. And it goes like this. Why is good good? Is good good because God says it is, or is good good just because it is good? If you take the first side of the dilemma, the first horn, then the the worry is that God could be arbitrary. Right. It's just up to God to point at something that's good. And how do we know that he's made the right choice? It seems like we need, we would be wanting to ask for another further explanation and say, well, why is God's choice the good choice? And then we haven't really answered anything. We're just pushing the question back one level. So it doesn't help to introduce God because there's this arbitrariness concern. And if you take the second horn of the dilemma, then God is irrelevant to whether some action is good. If we say it's good just because it is good, then the question for the theist is, why do you need to introduce God into the discussion? Just say, here's a good action. And so there's no need for a divine foundation for it. Right. That so guy's not really an extra a, step. Right. And a needless extra step. But then the solution is to say it's not really a dilemma because good is good because God is good. Really, God is the foundation not only of morality but all existence and being whatsoever, and God is uniquely situated as the fountain from which all value flows to determine what is good and valuable in the universe, and God gives human beings their value as a result of his own divine value. And so there's really no problem with the Euthyphro dilemma. Our values and duties come from the commands of God, who is the the measuring stick for all value, much like the meter stick in Paris is the meter. God hmm. is the definitive explanation for everything that's good and bad or right and wrong. Right. So, so we would affirm that like we, we've been talking about moral values, and moral duties. We probably should have clarified that in the beginning that when we, when we talk about moral values, basically we're talking about whether something is good or bad, placing a value right. on that thing. And when we talk about moral duties, we're talking about whether something is right or wrong. And, right. and there's a, there's, there's, it seems like they're the same thing, but there's, there's a slight and very important difference there. And 
one of the reasons why it's important is, is because of this dilemma that we would affirm that, and I, at least I, th- I think that you would also agree with this, that our moral values come from the nature of God and our moral, moral duties come from his commands, which issue from that nature. So that's right. Yes. Basically, all of it comes from the nature of God. Ultimately, yes. Right. And I think you, you can see that in in somewhere like First Peter chapter one and verse sixteen, where, where God says, Be holy, for I am mm-hmm. holy. Because God right. possesses this characteristic, this part of his nature, it is therefore good for us to have and right for us to have. So is is there anything that you else that you would like to just point out about the Euthyphro dilemma? I don't think so. I mean to say that there, I think the main thing to to remember is that there is no real dilemma because value flows from God as the first cause of the universe and of all value in it. So there's no sense in asking for an explanation of value beyond God. Every explanation has to have a starting point. Hmm. And for the Christian, the starting point for physical and spiritual explanation is going to be God. And I would just point out that the atheist has a much worse time, a much more difficult time founding moral values and duties. I mean, to the degree that most of them are just going to say there's no point in looking for a foundation. Right, that there is no objectivity. Yes, it's ironic to me that the atheist would criticize the Christian for using God as the foundation when they, in many cases, don't even seek a foundation because they've recognized (laughs) their position is so hopeless in that regard. Well, Caleb, thank you so much for coming on today, man. I didn't mean to keep you this long, but I'm so thankful that we had you and that we could talk to you for, for just a little while, at least about the moral argument for God's existence. I can't tell you how thankful we are to have had you on today. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, absolutely. And everybody, remember that this this podcast drops on the second and fourth Sundays of each month. So remember to tune in next time and subscribe. Give us a, a like on Facebook, a follow on Instagram. Leave us a comment or rating or review on whatever platform you listen to us on. And we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ, even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.
Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.